yeah. MacBook. Not an event, but yeah. <laughs> Mac Mini. No, it was, it was eventful. Uh, Mac Mini, HomePod. That's my favorite part is the HomePod. We, we will get to the HomePod. We will get to the HomePod. Yeah, it was kind of funny. The, uh, the newsroom... Um, but you know you can subscribe to Apple Newsroom push notifications. Yes. The title of the push notification said, "This is what happened at our event." Uh, yeah. I guess because they just they're not used to using it for non-event situations. It doesn't happen very often. And it's also the first time I think in like ten years that they announced a new product in January, a new yeah. hardware product. the The original HomePod got dated in January, so it was announced in like the june of the previous year at wwc for that fall. Shiller, for the fall then it got delayed and then in the january they announced it was being released in february but for it was like, the ninth exactly yeah so it wasn't actually um announced like in january but there hasn't been an actual hardware like a new announcement for hardware product for a long long time and i think you don't have to be um mystic meg to realize that these Who's products that? were probably meant oh is that a, is that a uk reference it's basically like um yes you know, like some psychic, like a known, like a. Okay. You don't have to be a psychic to think that these products were probably meant to come out at the end of last year rather than in January. Yeah, because yeah. like the, probably the the laptops were meant to come out in the, you know in an October event or something. Yeah, there's all sorts of assets that that include um, references to October. Uh, of course, the reason we you know everyone brings it up is because it was. Uh, reported that there would, you know, might be an October event after the September event. Um, then it was tamed down to maybe it would be a series of press releases. And then there were press releases at one point, but it wasn't for these products. So, um, and, and, you know, reason for that, I don't know. My, my, my take is that Q4 was all about getting iPhone shipped that, you know, wasn't even going to meet demand anyway. But um, for whatever reason... Like the Mac, the Mac Mini is ready to ship on time. The HomePod's a couple of weeks out. That's not bad. And um, not not sure about the MacBook Pros, but uh, at any any rate, they're here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the um, the MacBook Pros you can order them today with availability from next week. So it's the same as the Mac Mini. Ah, not bad. Yeah. So M2 Pro, M2 Max, MacBook Pro. This is the first revision to the Apple Silicon line of high end MacBook Pros. Obviously, they did the M2 MacBook Pro with the touch bar one uh, back in June alongside the new MacBook Air, but this is for the higher-end MacBook Pros, the things that people actually think of when they think of MacBook Pros. Um, I obviously bought the M1 Max MacBook Pro, and that came out in November 2021, so this is, you know, a year and change later. Um, as expected, it's a relatively straight-forward update, right? It's, it's a spec bump update. Like, this is what happens traditionally on the Mac line. You have a design change, then you have internal spec bumps with... You know, maybe one feature or something added in for the next four or five years before there's anything major again. That tends to be the release cycle. That's the true in the Intel years, and there's no reason why that wouldn't be true in the Apple Silicon years as well. This is obviously the first update to the Apple Silicon line. Um, you're not going to get the kind of performance cliff that we saw switching from Intel to Apple Silicon because that was like once in a generation kind of change. It's more incremental, but to be fair, the performance numbers, the Apple quotes at least, are higher than... I was kind of expecting. So the M2 Pro is a 12-core CPU, 19-core GPU. You can get lower core options for less money, but the highest that goes up to is 12 cores and 19 cores. And the M2 Max is the same CPU, so it's a 12-core CPU again, but you can get up to a 38-core GPU, so double the GPU. And you can also get up to 96 gigabytes of RAM 
uh, with that, where previously the Mavic Pros would max out at 64 gigs of RAM. So you can get more RAM and you can get beefier CPUs, beefier GPUs, as well as the core counts going up because the M1 Max MacBook Pro that I have is a 10-core CPU and a 32-core GPU. So as well as having physically more cores, each of the cores are also um, faster in themselves, especially on the GPU side. Uh, Apple tends to quote up to about 20 to 30% faster in their press releases. Like they have loads of examples of different workflows with different speeds and up to 2x faster in these cases. But the generic the generic things they say is about up to like 10 to 20% faster on CPU and up to 20 to 30% faster on GPU. Uh, and there's been some Geekbit benchmarks that came out today that kind of roughly align with that. Um, so it's a you know double digit increases for the first uh, for the first generation is pretty solid. Um, this is still running on five nanometer architecture. Uh, we're not expecting the Apple. To, we're expecting maybe in the full three nanometers might be used on the phone, and then it will come to the Max next year. But the M2 generation is all on five nanometer. Um, if you expect the next big performance jump will come when they switch to three nanometer uh, feature size. Um, but on CPU and GPU, pretty decent updates for the you know the spec bump year. Uh, obviously, if you have the M1 generation, the M1 Max, the M1 Pro generation, there's probably not much motivation to move forward but that's no that's no slight right that's just the reality of you know apple's year over year upgrades uh, outside of the big um chassis changes or the big feature years the spec bumps make it more and more compelling for people that are still having intel mapper pros of which were well, there's still the majority of mapper pros in the world and i think the uh, m2 generation here is you know decent enough to, to to be warranted so i was pleasantly surprised with the updates it's not like a you know Wow, it was it's slightly better than I was anticipating. I was expecting the quality benchmarks to be slightly less. So a decent um, CPU GPU increase here. That's good. <laughs> <laughs> what what do you use at the moment, Zach? Uh, Mac? M2 MacBook Air with battery yeah, acid. MacBook, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Battery yeah. acid removed the midnight finish on the top. Covered it up with. I, I don't. Think, did we ever actually talk about that on the podcast? I don't think so. I guess we didn't. I don't know. Mm. But yeah well tell us just if people haven't been reading your social media what, what happened with the with the battery acid <laughs> my midnight finished macbook air m2 uh was exposed to corroding batteries inside of a holiday toy I, <laughs> and i wiped it off and so did the midnight finish so, well and, and exposed a white pearly white <laughs> under under uh <laughs> yeah. under chassis metal yeah well yeah. if you um you you statistically cannot spill battery acid on a midnight MacBook Pro because they they don't exist. They don't exist. No, no <laughs> it's the colors. same colors. It's the same colors, silver and space gray. Yeah, yeah. But this year they do have color match MagSafe cables, <laughs> which really <laughs> that's, that's what I'm annoyed about because yeah. I've bought mine. They gave you the same color cable, but then the very next summer or whatever they started doing color match cables. Why can they done color match cables last year? Uh, but I would have been more envious if they had done like a midnight color because I think a full yeah. black Mabra Pro would be so cool um, yeah. just from a looks perspective. Yeah. I remember buying my midnight MacBook Pro Air mm-hmm. and thinking, this is this is mine. We're going we're gonna to make some memories. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, did we. Um, interestingly, the uh, on the port side, the HDMI port on these MacBook Pros is is what Apple calls advanced HDMI, supporting up to 8K displays for the first time. So yes. this is an in for their next Pro display, presumably. Yeah, so we, we've gone from no HDMI, you know, in the portless years, 
after introducing HDMI around 2012 or so, 2010, mm-hmm. 2011, um, they, they took it away in 2016. Now it's back, and the second generation makes it a whopping 8K. That's kind of kind of wild in the, in the in the long view of the of the of ports on the Mac. Yeah, and obviously Apple doesn't sell an 8K panel at the moment. No. There's few 8K displays in the world, um, but it probably presages the long-rumored like Pro Display update. So, like the next Pro Display XDR, it's I think Felipe Esposito about a year or so ago um, wrote that his information tells him it's going to be like a 7K panel. Um, uh, so that's a possibility here. Now, maybe if the, the Pro Display only works with like the second generation of like MacBook Pros and the Mac Pro or something, and then the you know the, the mm-hmm. Mac Studio, maybe it doesn't work at all at with the other Mac Pros, or just just works at a lower resolution, for instance. Because mm-hmm. there's been this problem, right, where to go beyond um, to get higher frame rates, to get higher resolution, it was kind of capping out the Thunderbolt port, right? Because 5K 60 hertz is about the maximum you can pull out of a, a Thunderbolt 4 port. Uh, but if you have a dedicated HDMI port, you can go even faster. And so, yeah, in the press release, Apple says it can support up to 8K displays up to 60 hertz, and it can support 4K displays up to 240 hertz. So maybe the next generation of studio display is like a 120 hertz panel kind of situation, and then the pro display is like an 8K or 7K kind of situation. Yeah, Uh, I think you could do like a Retina 48-inch display. Mm. AK. <laughs> go men or go wild, yeah. Yeah, go wide. That would be cool. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this is the I.O. in that Apple needs now to actually ship a computer like that. Because for a while it was like, how are they going to do it? They're going to do something proprietary and, you know, they're going to, like, fuse two ports together with, like, a display link arrangement where you plug into both Thunderbolt ports at the same time. Or no much simpler situation is the new Mac Pros just have a much... Uh, upgraded HDMI port that can support that level of bandwidth. So that seems to be the in, and I expect every you know pro product Apple release this year, the Mac Studio update, the Mac Pro update, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, will have one of these like 8K capable HDMI ports on them for the future, even if the Pro Display isn't quite ready to ship just yet. Yeah. So, um, so in summary, these these updates are, um, the, I guess the, the the biggest changes are you can now go up to 96 gigabytes of RAM for the first yes. time in these in these MacBooks. Uh, the 8K, 8K HDMI port we just discussed the extra hour of battery life um, is Wi-Fi 6E new? Wi-Fi 6E is new yeah yeah. yeah. We, we, I we mean went away that's from, kind of irrelevant but yeah we, we, we went away from 802.11 ABGN AC to do numbers Wi-Fi 5 retroactively Wi-Fi 6 for whatever ax I guess. ax i think yeah yeah, yeah. and then 60 is like ax something <laughs> and then we brought back letters with the numbers cool it's like the 5g mess of you know uc ub uw blah, blah, blah. now you got 60 um i think yeah. most people in the world even like professionals aren't using wi-fi 60 equipment but it's future proofing isn't it because the yeah. the iphone has six the iphone 14 pro line has 60 as well the other new Mac from this week is the M2 Mac Mini. So this is the first update without a case design, I guess, to an M1 Mac. Well, maybe, maybe the MacBook Pro with touch bar is, is that as well. But for the desktop, at least, um, M1 Mac Mini is replaced with the M2 Mac Mini. 
so you expect the same changes from you know the MacBook Air to the next MacBook Air. Uh, the price went down by hundred dollars, so that's great for an improvement. And then for with education pricing, it gets the Mac Mini down to five hundred dollars, which um, I think I mean, just thinking about myself as a student before that would be really really nice as a, as a way to get into the Mac ecosystem. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, because the the base the base price for a Mac Mini had been creeping up for a while. Yeah, it's it's uh, been I think it's may, maybe even like literally been five hundred before. Yeah, it, it, I remember a four ninety nine price. Yeah, back in the day. Yeah, without EDU, then, but yeah, and and then it slowly crept up. Then they made they in the twenty eighteen time frame they did an update where they made it space gray and they made it you know a lot more expensive <laughs> and then yeah. and then uh, they did the M one generation where it went down to like six ninety nine. Uh, but obviously, they kept around the Intel uh, higher end models because the M1, the base M1 chip wasn't you know, powerful enough to fully replace it. And, and that was like a nine hundred plus dollar machine, maybe thousand dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, and with with this release, so th- so that's good. M1's replaced now. It's M2, hundred dollars less. That's awesome. Um, the bigger thing for Mac Mini here is that they now have the the M2 Pro that we just discussed from the MacBook Pro is now available in the Mac Mini. So it's Mac Mini M2 Pro, and that's the one that finally replaces the Intel Mac Mini in terms of of, of power and and you know an IO per- because it gets additional IO ports. Obviously, it has more bandwidth, so it can do mm-hmm. uh, up to three displays, and it has four Thunderbolt four ports on it yeah. versus two, I think. Versus right? two, exactly. yeah, yeah. So, and that is the Mac Mini, Mac Mini better, and then Mac Studio progression because you've got. Uh, m2 now m2 pro mac studio is m1 max or m1 ultra so it's and that will become m2 max m2 ultra for surely presumably right and yeah and and even with the number difference year over year um i guess there's still you you would still get uh, well would you say m1 max and an m1 ultra are can 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 are they are they GPU? I think they'll be faster than an M2 Pro, mm-hmm. but CPU it, CPU. I think the M2 might be it because the CPU is the same, right? Um, mm. Like you don't like when you go to the max, you go from Pro to Max. The CPU stays the same, ah, so the yeah. the architectural difference for M2 will mean the M2's Pro CPU will be faster than an, a Max or an Ultra CPU. Yeah, yeah. it's just okay. the GPU where you get the. You get the one. Well, sorry, on the on the max. You, yeah, you get you get extra CPU on the ultra. Um, so yeah. the ultra probably still wins. Yeah, but from the the M1 Max will get beaten by an M2. Pro. So so the two thousand dollar Max Studio probably is if you care so much about less good performance, yeah. <laughs> then it's less good than the but the the four thousand dollar one is still solid for now. <laughs> yeah, we we have to wait in you know for people to get their hands on these. Check out the heat and thermal mm-hmm. situation. That's, that's a thing. I mean, that was an issue with the Max Studio at least at least fan the sound of the fan and, and they might throttle it more we don't know yet but true yeah it may, it's probably fine yeah yep. but but it does it does fill in the gap that was created before where on the laptop side you you had um m1 m1 pro m1 max on the desktop you had m1 m1 pro no no m1 no they, no, no m1 they, pro they didn't have an m1 pro yeah. that so was, m1 yeah. m m1 max, max and m1 the ultra, ultra. Yeah. yeah and so now you've got the pro as well and then you, no one expects the ultra on the macbook side 
I guess because of <laughs> power. Yeah, it doesn't fit in a chassis, yeah. a battery. Yeah, uh, but they did. Um, they didn't keep the space gray color. So. No, they they did not. They did not. Which it's it's. I think that's like not a shocker, uh, especially if they're not going to do a midnight MacBook Pro. But it because the old the ultra doesn't have a the ultra is silver, right? Right. That's yeah. not the the studio. The Mac Studio. Is the, the studio is yeah. silver. The Mac Pro is silver. So the like the studio display is silver. Yeah. They don't make a lot of space gray stuff right now. Um, when they got rid of the iMac Pro, that was the space gray iMac. The Mac Pro before was like actually a really cool. I don't know if it's called it black, but it was amazing. Um, but but the MacBook Pro is just like the the one thing, and I, I guess maybe there's an iPad hanging around that they offer in Midnight or Space Gray, maybe. But um, not a lot of new stuff in in Space Gray these days. So not not surprised there. But I think I'm more surprised that the MacBook Pro is still in Space Gray, not Midnight, than I am that yeah. there's no Space Gray Mac Mini. Yeah, because the the Midnight MacBook Air looks so cool. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, great, uh, great update to the the Mac Mini, um, just keeping it in line with specs. Because there was a possible, you know, timeline where the M1 Mac Mini just stuck around for ages. I mean, they kind of had to get rid of the Intel generation, but they could have just done like M2 mm-hmm. or whatever yeah. if they had to. Yeah, it could have been M1 Mac Mini, hundred dollars less. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> and the, you know, the Mac Mini is a niche. They could have just ditched Intel up front and be like well we're not going to do the higher end mac mini anymore and you have to go to max shoot it but they didn't do that so there's a clean there's a clean gradient there now so it's a pretty good lineup um mm-hmm. for the for the for the you know the screenless desktop situation so I'm, I'm happy with the m2 generations here obviously they're not like the game changers that you get every five years or whatever but they're very very solid uh year over year updates for, yeah, for and, Bump, yeah and ming chi kuo expects macbook pros to be revised in the first half of next year for the next time i'm, I'm gonna guess that 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 gets pushed back based on how these have been pushed back um that'd be i think at the earliest i would i would assume wwc would be the earliest probably yeah know. the earliest but more likely like october uh could, it could go to further back yeah. or next the, year or 2025 <laughs> and then yeah the at the moment you round everything off to the year i'd say <laughs> until you're in the year it's like yeah. if it's room for 2020 for somewhere in that year don't 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 bet on uh, the month yeah my prediction is this if touchscreen macbooks as as reported by mike herman as as becoming a thing in 2025 if it's an if it's an addition onto the the macbook pros as we know them today then it will be a 2025 release for the next one if it's a higher priced option than than what we have today then it would be then, then we might have new macbook pros next year and then that would be like an even higher thing, but I don't think people want an even higher thing just for touchscreen. So, so my prediction is twenty twenty five new MacBook Pros. And they have I think they can update in twenty four and twenty five. They could, or more realistically, they they spec bump in twenty four, and the touchscreen versions don't come out until twenty six. <laughs> there, yeah, yeah, yep. I think yep. you got it. <laughs> Happy Hour this week is sponsored by Wild Grain. Are you looking to eat healthier and maybe save money on stuff like takeout, but you still want to enjoy? delicious food wild grain is the answer sign up at wildgrain.com slash happy hour wild grain is the first ever bake from frozen subscription box delivering sourdough breads fresh pastas and artisanal pastries to your door unlike what you get in the supermarket wild grain breads use a slow fermentation process that's easy on your belly lower in sugar and rich in nutrients and antioxidants every item in your box bakes from frozen in 25 minutes or less 
To kick off the new year, Wild Grain is offering delicious products like ancient grain sourdough loaf and fresh fettuccine pasta. Simply sign up at wildgrain.com slash happy hour and choose which type of box is for you. And for every new member, Wild Grain donates six meals to the Greater Boston Food Bank. So now you can eat good and do good all at the same time. Now, Zach, I know you got to try uh, a Wild Grain box, right? Yeah, I had a really big sample box of bread, and I'm, I love bread, and I love pasta, and so I was very, very happy to receive this. It's, it's nice to know that, that it does good for people, you know, the meals in Boston, that's awesome. Um, but just selfishly, it's it's really tasty. I had chocolate croissants, I had pasta, um, I had, uh, you know, loaves of bread, it was really good. So, highly endorsed if you like bread like me. And for a limited time, you can get $30 off the first box plus free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash happy hour to start your subscription. You heard me, free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash happy hour. One more time, that's wildgrain.com slash happy hour or you can use promo code happy hour at checkout. Thanks to Wildgrain for sponsoring the show. All right, next up... It's my favorite topic of the year uh, so far. It's the new HomePod, the HomePod second generation. Uh, not you know, if if you're if you're you know in our circle, I guess not a shocker that it was announced. Um, even much of the details about it, because Ming Chi Kuo had reported that something. Uh, I think it was maybe a year ago or so that that there would be a it, w- it would have a similar design. It would make a return. It would be um, maybe a better price you know, out of the game. Yeah, he's, or, he tweeted in May last year uh, that a new HomePod will come out in the end of 2020, like Q4 2022 to Q1 2023. Bingo, here we are. Yeah. Uh, w- without major changes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, here it is. <laughs> I am, I mean, I think my tweet on this was uh, no jokes, no snark, just gratitude because I am happy that this thing exists. The killer feature for me is that it exists. That's all I need to know about this HomePod. That is the high order thing we've been asking for for since they discontinued it in 2019. It's like, this should exist. Yeah. And it's so, back. And before we talk about what like the, the subtleties of, of how it is different now, um, I, I think there's some things they could have done. Um, they they could have made a... Like, I think at times there were like rumors of like a medium-sized HomePod, something between the original, which wasn't going to exist anymore, and then the HomePod Mini. Um, you know, you could imagine something around two hundred thirty dollars. That that would have not have that it would not have replaced the original HomePods in terms of just the oomph and the sound. Um, they didn't do that. I'm glad about that. I mean, that that can exist, sure, but I think that is kind of I I much prefer this 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 route. Um, effectively, if you have the first. Home pods, and you've needed to replace them, or you've wanted to add more, and you've been limited to the aftermarket market. <laughs> then now you have a a first party market again with with a, with actual support. So that's awesome. Um, the the difference is, uh, it's a little shorter, but not uh, in a huge way. It's four it, millimeters shorter. Yeah, and which is I, probably mostly because the top is like flatter. Wrong, yeah, they, they've replaced the bulbous top with the flat top from the HomePod Mini, um, and so and you've wanted you you wanted that anyway because you prefer how the the HomePod Mini illuminates well and buttons present right. It, uh, okay, uh, purely from a design object, right? Yeah, the analog kind of mesh you know smoky lights of the original home pod i think looks more premium because it kind of like 
emerge from the middle and just look cooler for, for, but i think it's less functional because mm. if you're across the other side of the room the homepod mini is easy to see when it li- li- lights, up, lights up and is responding to your request because the whole top lights up whereas the homepod og was only in the center and because of the way it bulged it was the middle bit that was if you're like not above it you couldn't really see it mm. so functionally it's better this way because the whole top just lights up with a color so it's a lot easier to see from across the room but i do think um just in, in raw aesthetic terms like ignoring any practicality the og one looks cooler than the, the way the mini does it because the the new ones just look like a screen right the old one was like some sort of like mystical you know, <laughs> sheen was just uh, emerging from the middle um but practically speaking and I, i'm sure it's probably slightly cheaper from doing this way around as well just slap right. a little screen under there and make it light up yeah uh so so that's that's a subtle difference maybe is the, did, you, did you determine if the base is a little different to add to so, the shortness the yeah not the base is in the sound base no, the base the, is the, in bottom, the literal yeah, base it, yeah it looks different um obviously when the home pod originally came out there was all that scandal about um the base gate where it was like leaving marks on the counters yes. and the surfaces that people were sitting it on Down rings. Uh, yeah. and apple didn't really like address it they just said like this is like normal or like you know whatever go away <laughs> yeah, they listed um, other examples <laughs> yeah they listed like other happening. products to do the same thing or whatever it's like this is normal for a speaker or whatever but this second generation one has a notably different base design because it it, it does bulge but then there's like a flat bit like a little pedestal it like sits on at the very bottom that's at least what it looks like from the pictures in yeah. in most no, of apple's no. marketing pictures they don't really focus on the bottom so right. you can't really yeah. tell but the old home pod it was like symmetrical design bulge on top bulge on bottom and the base would like curve into itself right with like a little inset bit Whereas now it seems like the bottom kind of flattens off and there's a little like plinth that's at the bottom of it. So the base looks redesigned. Uh, yeah. Hopefully to address the the mark things that Apple said weren't a problem, but you know, read between the lines there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It has not been an issue for me, but um, it was absolutely a thing that happened on certain surfaces. And um, like, the solution was put it on a coaster, I guess. But uh, <laughs> HomePod coasters were a thing for, for a bit. The chip they went from, what was it, A8? Eight, yeah. A8 to S7, S7, which is the same as the HomePod Mini. Same as the HomePod Mini, same as the Apple Watch Series 7. Is that right? Series 6. Maybe Series 6, I think. Yeah, because they're one ahead. I don't know. I think we're on S8 now. I don't know. Yeah, I think maybe maybe it's, it's, yeah, it's the maybe eighth it's watch. Seven. It's the I can't OS. Remember. What, what year did the HomePod Mini? The HomePod Mini came out in 2020. Yeah. Uh, so it might be an S6. In that thing, at any rate, this doesn't have anyway. The S- it's basically the, it's the same chip as the HomePod Mini. I'm yeah, it's not the S8 as as reported, um, but the S7, S8, and S6 for that matter are the same. They're all C- replaceable, CPU. interchangeable. Yeah, it's the same CPU, which is what matters here. Um, yeah. It has ultra wideband, which you have you had on the Mini, so that was one of the obvious things to bring to the the HomePod if you did a, a second rev of it. Um, there's no, what is it? There's no thread radio. There's no, there is thread. Yeah. yeah. There is thread. It has has thread like the Humber mini. Yeah. Okay, cool. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. So if you have thread accessories, you can do it that way. Yeah. They, uh, talked about a new feature of, of this smart speaker, um, as being able to measure temperature and humidity in, in the environment that it's in and then present that back through home, through the home app. Um, and that's something that we've seen reported through 
I think teardowns and even a report from Mark Gurman. Mark Gurman that, said that the HomePod Mini has a secret temperature sensor inside it. This was yeah. like two years ago. Yeah. And it wasn't clear at the time whether it was meant to be like a shipping feature or whether it was just something that maybe it's like, you know, it just measures the temperature. So if it gets too hot, it like ramps down the processor or something. You know yeah. what I mean? Like it wasn't clear if it was meant to be ever user facing, but turns out it is because uh, HomePod second generation and HomePod Mini with the uh, software update will now report the temperature and humidity that they sense. Yeah, the it, the uh, Wi-Fi situation, you go to 802.11n, that's down from 802.11ac <laughs> on the first gen, but it's probably tied to the S7 chip versus the A8. Yeah, and practically, it doesn't matter. Like, no, that, yeah. you're streaming music, you're not reaching the bandwidth limits of AC versus N, so... Sure. And and then Bluetooth is Bluetooth 5.0, even though we're seeing, what is it, Bluetooth 5.3 on the map, 5. on the, the M2 range, yeah. Yeah. And the thing with Bluetooth, I guess it's 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 used for a couple of things. I guess the initial pairing process, maybe. And then also with Bluetooth accessories. Yeah, Bluetooth, Bluetooth HomeKit accessories. HomeKit accessories, yeah. yeah. So, okay. But you still, you, there's no, like, Bluetooth, any audio you want to it. Uh, that goes right. through AirPlay, which is over Wi-Fi. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So no, no, no big. There's no big like listening to the original feedback of HomePod has no inputs. HomePod has no Bluetooth. Um, Apple hasn't explicitly made Spotify support. It's up to Spotify to do that. Um, so, so no, they they haven't like taken the first HomePod and all the bad reactions and then made something for that. They've taken what what did work and then they've improved on that. I like that a lot. Um, we'll talk about the speaker changes in a minute, but um, feature wise, also they add sound recognition for smoke alarms. So. The HomePod, if 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 an alarm goes off and you're not home, then it can notify you that a a in you know a standard smoke alarm, not a, not a HomeKit smoke alarm, has been detected. So that's pretty cool. That that's a software feature also coming to the original. I'm pretty yeah, sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> and the mini and the mini and the mini. Yeah. yeah. So that's that's awesome to have the OG HomePod gain that, and of course the mini to gain that. Um, and they've they've changed the software too, so that if you're controlling HomeKit stuff like a home accessory in another room uh yeah. before the behavior was if you if you're asking the home pod in the current room to control an accessory in the current room it wouldn't it would just do it because it assumes you can see it so if you tell right. it to turn the lights off in the current room so if you just say turn the lights off it would assume you're in you you mean the current room it would turn the lights off and be silent uh, if you ask it to turn off the lights in a different room it would say the lights have now been turned off in the bedroom or you know mm. i have turned off the lights in the kitchen um because it wouldn't know that you could 100% see it so it wanted to confirm to you that it did it but people found that annoying because it was like quite a verbose message it always read back to you um and so now they've changed it so it just makes a little chime noise to acknowledge request complete without describing a paragraph of of text to you yeah that's good uh and so that's not all clearly there's a lot of software updates for homepod that was you know planned for homepod mini and even the original HomePod, which continues to have great support from software updates, at least. Uh, and in, in this uh, update, release. they have a specific thing for updated volume control for the original HomePod generation. Yeah, so do we that, know what that means? I have a guess. I, we don't know for sure, but I think what it means is when you press the volume buttons on the top of the HomePod, when you go to lower volume levels, there'll be more gradation when you get quieter. Okay, cool. So I, I, I haven't tested it, but I think it's like 5% when you press the or maybe ten percent when you press the minus on the top of the thing. That's right. So maybe it's now five percent increments rather than ten percent increments. Yeah, my guess was that, but for, but for for voice control. But if it's for both or either, then that's that's cool. Um, 
The, yeah, we might as well cover the other, the other software changes, right? We're here. So yes. They, yeah. They've remastered the ambient sounds, quote unquote, to make that's them more immersive and different. That's, my, that's and, my thing. I like that. Yeah, Zach likes the ambient sounds, and you can now attach them to scenes in HomeKit, which I haven't seen how you do that. But apparently, you can make it like start off ambient sounds routines as part of a scene when you come yeah. in, or you know, good night, Siri. Down for the night. Play my ocean sounds. Yeah. It's part of a HomeKit scene environment, so you don't have to specifically ask for it. Yeah. Yeah which is cool um they've updated the find my integration so before you could say like ping my phone and the home pod would send out a request to the phone make it make a noise now you can do it for people so you can say you know where's zach or whatever and you can <laughs> say zach is, at work, or, zach is on the way you know or zach is in four thousand kilometers away or whatever you know for your family members obviously mm-hmm. uh, and they've added quote audio tuning to optimize the um production of spoken word content out of the speakers on all HomePod models so if you care about listening to podcasts for instance on the home pods that would apparently be better with this new update yeah i i my experience i'm sure i've talked about it here before but for the original home pod best for music podcast could be a little boomy mm. uh, and not like it's definitely not per, it's, it's great for you know airplaying them around the you know but uh not like the best spoken audio tuning and and then the homepod mini because it's of its inferiorities <laughs> it's better for spoken audio and then it's okay for music um so so i like the sound of this and this isn't just for podcasts i guess right if you're using it for your tv um audio books ai generated audio books uh, you know maybe even siri that's spoken audio so that's cool um and and is there a thing where you can talk, you can tell Siri on the HomePod to sort of create an automation with your voice? I think I think so. It's unclear. It says okay. like you can use Siri to set up recurring automations or something. Right. So, but I think you could. I think there was limited spot before. Maybe where it says recurring, it means like you know every day at five pm or something. Rather than like yeah, you could schedule it for later with voice, which was a new addition last year or so. But if you wanted to say like you could say turn off my lights to eight pm, but um, I guess now it's turn off my lights at sunset every day. That, that yeah, would, for instance. It's yeah. way better than, you know, nerding around in the home app and becoming a pro at that user interface. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, exposing it through voice is always useful. Yep. Um, and then then it just appears in the app, so you can always tweak it later if you want to. Yeah, and but one more thing before the speaker, they've replaced, it, it's white or midnight. So this, it's before it was white or Yeah, we've got gray. a new color option. <laughs> yeah, unlike the MacBook Pro. So, But I, I can't tell that it's any different. They say it's from recycled mesh material, so that's cool. Just for the midnight option, I think, not even for the white option, but um, that, that sounds nice. Uh, but, but It looks midnight, the same. Midnight has like a blue hue to it. You know, it's it, as... as uh, the outgoing Evans Hankey said it's based on um uh, like like magma or or like like a rock from from a volcano you know so uh, we'll have to see the differences if if there are any you'll you'll from you'll... the pictures it looks identical to the same color as the space gray home yeah kind of like how the space black iphone um uh, 14 pro looks like this the graphite <laughs> iphone 13 pro from the iphone 11 series yeah from the yeah. 11 pro series yeah yeah so, Apple's name choices for colors are very bizarre. Yeah. Nice. Anyway, speaker. Speaker. So, obviously, the big, you know, shining feature of the original HomePod was how good it sounds. Even five years on, it's like, this HomePod, for the size that it is, it sounds incredible. It's the sound and the voice input. You can whisper over playing music across the mm. room and it hears you. Yeah. Um, now, 
the rumours about this HomePod were that maybe it might be a bit cheaper. Um, and to do that, it might have they might have uh, done some stuff internally to like make it easier and easier to produce. Because uh, a lot of the reporting of one of the reasons why the original HomePod was discontinued is because Apple had over-engineered it. It was complicated. There were lots of parts inside. And so the idea about this new, like, new version was that Apple was trying to make it a bit simpler to make. And again, we don't have these yet. You know the, the 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 proof is in the pudding when they come out and the reviews come out and stuff. But purely on a spec basis, the descriptions of the for a start, Apple doesn't say in the press release like you know even better sound or much you know greatly improved sound or the next generation of sound compared to the original. They don't do any comparisons to the original on sound quality at all. They just describe it in the same way that they described the original as if the original didn't exist. But they're not like boasting that it's better. Yeah, so yeah, so that design. Yeah. yeah, that implies that it's going to be about the same or maybe slightly worse, right? Just because if it was way better, they would say it was way better in terms of acoustic performance. Uh, on the So there's there's like two main parts to the speaker system, right? You have the woofer part and then you have the tweeters. Um, the woofer seems to be described identically to the original. So it's a, a, a 20 meter diaphragm, um, high, excuse, high excursion uh, woofer that's apple says custom engineered blah, blah 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 blah. so that's what provides the kind of bass response yeah and, so, and so the woofer is going to give you the same bass as which is a great oomph factor of the original HomePod. and one of like the wow points about it to be yeah. honest because like you look at that thing you're like wow this thing is because it's not like it's not like booming bass like it like just it's not I've, it feels like soft like dampened a little bit like i've always thought of the HomePod sound it's not like thumping it's like it's, it's a weird like atmospheric noise but it's really good yeah. um, but that seems to be completely the same at least based on the descriptions what is definitely different is and you can see this in the picture they have too like they have a little like x-ray of the inside so the old home pod had seven tweeters around the base so they're like, like the, the things that do the low and the mid range and it would have seven in a circle formation now there's only five so there's two less tweeters and they, they, if you look at them, they look different. So, like, they're a different shape of speaker in mm-hmm. inside the, the unit. Um, unclear whether going from 7 to 5 will make it sound worse. It m- maybe sounds a bit better even because if you combine, sure. like, it, you know, the actual speaker modules might be improved so they can make up for the fact there's less of them. Plus, you get better... Um, you know, uh, computational audio performance from the newer processor and a couple of years of iteration on stuff. So I'm kind of expecting it to sound about the same, but there is a risk that it might actually sound slightly worse because there is just physically less speakers inside. Um, similarly, there's two less microphones. So uh, there's a there's a for the the mics that pick up your voice in terms of you know handling Siri requests. The original HomePod had a, a six speaker array, a six mic array inside. Uh, the new HomePod second generation has a four mic array. And then it has a separate mic which measures like the bass of the room and then adjusts mm. the bass speaker. But in terms of the speakers, the t- sorry, I keep saying speaker, I mean mic. Yep. In terms of the microphones that listen to your voice, there's now only four. So maybe the incredibly crazy fact that it can pick up your voice uh, even while like the hoover's going from across the room under a different floor, you know, outside for, for miles for miles away, maybe that's not true anymore on this generation. If the microphone performance is slightly worse or this time around that doesn't bother me too much because the last one was so overkill like the last one was almost too sensitive like i can be upstairs in a two-story house and the home pods downstairs pick me up for other accessories that are closer so like if the i almost kind of wanted a software toggle to tune the sensitivity <laughs> of the microphones down so now they've kind of done it in hardware again maybe it's exactly the same and they've just you know improved the mic the individual microphones um 
So the the microphone situation don't really care about for any if you're anywhere practically near it it will still be perfectly fine with four mics rather than six. Um, the speed the the speaker situation the two less tweeters does give me slight you know question mark. Verdict but I'm, out. I'm hopeful that it will like even out and it will be basically the same audio experience that we got in 2018. Yeah, a, a couple of things. So the outside looks effectively the same. The inside is you, you can look at the internal picture that Apple shares and. It's that's vastly redesigned. Even even it isn't even just like this is the old one minus these few pieces. It's a different design inside. Um, yeah. And then and then you know the rumors of the price, um, more price, <laughs> more affordable. You know that that could be a goal. Um, I guess we kind of we we definitely saw that with the Apple TV, where Apple changed some things around and. And also just made it just much more affordable. Like maybe it's easier for them to make, but maybe they're just taking less of a cutoff of it. But um, in this case, it is cheaper than the original launch price, which was three fifty. Which is, you know, Apple must have saw that as partly how much it, how much it costs to make and how much they want to make from it. In this case, it launches at the three hundred price, which is where the HomePod officially went after Apple adjusted the price over time of the original. Um, and then for you know three hundred dollars is a lot. You're gonna see these things on sale for two eighty, two fifty. I'd imagine through third party retailers, and that feels a lot better for for this kind of thing. I think. I mean, I I paid for my refurb HomePods. Um, it was just below two fifty each, so it was it was around like two thirty or so. Um, so so, and that feels like a great you know value for what it for what it is. And there has not been something that is does what the HomePod does that isn't either vastly more expensive or, you know, really close to the, close to the cost or something even cheaper that does, you know, is as good of a job. So I'm glad this thing exists. It fills a, it fills a void that Apple, you know, filled before, you know, and then, and then created again. Um, and, and I'm just like, like I said at the top, I'm so glad that this thing even exists. Um, and I'm glad they didn't, overdo it to make it more than it needs to be or less than it needs to be the price you know i think you can lean a lot on the sales price not not the retail price but I'm, it's, it's you know the, the biggest question i guess is is how will it compare to the original and i would my, my assumption is like the original went to 11 and, and this one will go to 10 in terms of like sound performance so you know and and i guess you'll have both mm. right space gray Midnight stereo pairs. I'd be able to tell just by looking at the color of them. Which yeah. Oh wait. Oh wait. <laughs> <laughs> you, you will be able to give us your take at least on on the sound comparison, um, and, and that's something I'm looking forward to. Um, a lot of people have asked me, do I regret buying the refurb HomePods that I that I bought a few weeks ago? Um, and and for me, like no way. I'm glad that I have the originals. Um, these two are, are white. You know, and I, I think they're, they look amazing. They're in great condition. Um, and I don't have to wait two weeks for them to come out. And I don't, I'm not pressured to buy this HomePod immediately. I can, I think, uh, you know, uh, I, I'll buy one mostly for the sake of just supporting that that exists again, um, you know, uh, and get uh, the midnight one, um, but not even at launch. And, and maybe, you know, it'll be at a time when it's 250 or so. So that, or two, you know, something like that, I'd be, that'd be pretty good. Um, but I will say, Mayo, I have an asterisk on my on my HomePod refurb story. 
and it's it's that after this was announced yesterday, after these new HomePods came out, uh, in the evening I had my first kind of like hiccup with these HomePods, just one of them. Uh, oh no! Where, where it would make a, a lot of a lot of a lot of different sounds. Uh, I got let's see if I can play a couple of clips for you. I don't, I don't know how terrible this will sound, but let's see. This is. You hear that click, click, click sound? Not really. I mean, it might be uh, Zoom. Z- might Zoom's be probably killing it. But, wiping it out. But yeah. there's that, and then there's a. Um, let's see. This is more. This is this morning. You hear that one? No. <laughs> okay. okay. I- I'm confident you'll be able to hear it in the audio, but yeah. it was. It was that the left one wasn't playing audio anymore it was just going skip 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 like a scratch cd and then i paused it and then it was fine again when i hit play so it makes me think like yes a software glitch happening but i know about the you know the 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 fate of old home pods and and which is all the more reason why i am happy that these new ones exist and if you're you know I, i guess before if you went into an apple store to have your home pod replaced you paid Almost the full price for a new one, uh, as a refurb. Yeah, they charge you like two sixty. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, and it and it was the original, and maybe there would you know eventually there'd be availability issues with that. Um, and in the past, they you know they've they've done things in the past where the, the old replacement doesn't exist anymore for like accessories and not so much phones and um, generational things like that. But if the older version has has gone away, you know, I guess it's bigger than the iPod days. Then they'd replace it with the new thing that was available for a similar price. Um, so so I could imagine HomePod 1s optimistically being replaced with HomePod 2s, um, but, you know, no guarantees, especially these days with Apple's tight wallet. So we'll see. But but main thing for me, I, I'm glad it exists, and I'm very uh, much looking forward to hearing what you, you think about the sound differences um, before I'm able to, to test one out myself. Yeah, I... I do think it is bizarre that they discontinued in 2019 to bring it back almost identical product at the same price. Like, why? what was the discontinuation in 2019? What was the strategy there? Like, that is random. Because I do think it should have come back at a cheaper price. Because my issue, and we said this from the beginning, we loved the HomePod from the start, always been too expensive. I've always found it too expensive to recommend to other people. When it went from 350 to 299 it was slightly more palatable, but it was still very expensive. Because... You know, if you buy one, you really want to get two to have it sound great. And then it's like really, it's, it's the price is prohibitively high. If it was $199, $250 even, base price, right? And then you could get it discounted elsewhere. It would be a lot more, it'd be a lot more acceptable for me to be like other people. Like, yeah, you can get this too and not feel bad about it. Um, because I buy these things because I'm an idiot, right? But like, and I love them. But most people aren't like us and they're not going to get the same amount of value out of them. So spending the money on that is a lot harder to sell when you can get, you know, the the minis do not sound as good. on They just don't sound as good. But the minis low enough price that I can be like, someone buy one of these and they'll use it and they'll be happy. And, you know, if Siri annoys them, then whatever, it was only $99. These, these 299 things, they don't have, you know, other audio inputs. They don't have Android compatibility. They don't have Spotify still or whatever because Spotify won't work with them. Like, there's a lot of reasons why... You know, if you just take a random person off the street, they're probably going to be more attracted to other smart speaker products. Because you know, let's put it, let's put it, if you don't use Apple Music, you shouldn't buy these things because 
they're nowhere near as good if you don't enjoy the Apple Music experience for for one, right? So if you can if you fit into the niche where these things are really great, then you should buy them anyway because they are really great. If if I when I get mine, if the if they do sound materially worse than my old ones, I'm probably returning them because I like that is the the one the the the, the saving grace of this product despite all of the randomness about it and the higher price, the sound quality is what defines the thing. Yes. And if the sound is meaningfully better worse on the new ones, I won't use them because right now I use the the two OGs in a stereo pair connected to the Apple TV, so it does home theater situation, the home theater feature, um, which is funny because that was added after the HomePod got discontinued, and now it's like one of the hero features on the press release for the second generation. It's like, they love talking about it connected to the Apple TV, um, and it does sound great when when in that in that setup. But obviously, that's more money still, right? Like that's almost a thousand dollars for the Apple TV and the two speakers. Um, but if it sounds worse in that environment, I'm not going to use them there, and then I might. I'd probably return them and maybe just get a mini for upstairs or something. If they sound about the same, I'll swap them out. So then my two primary home pods will be connected to the TV, the new ones, and then the OGs will go upstairs in some other rooms or something. Um, but I will let you know what the speed, what the sound is like. They they don't ship until the beginning of February, uh, so we have got a little wait. But I've ordered two because you can't just order only one because a it looks stupid in aesthetics if they look different and b you can't stereo pair an old one with a new one which does make sense because they're different you know makeups of speakers yeah. or whatever but so yeah i've ordered two in in the midnight color so I'll, I'll give you impressions when they arrive but from a from a long view distance i'm glad the product's back i do wish they'd have found a way to push the price down a little bit but. i think individual ones look fine on their own except when they're used with the tv then it then it looks silly but uh, yeah okay and i want to use like if i'm gonna buy the new ones i'd want them using the tv because that's the primary place i have sure. the sound yeah. come out so i've got to if they do sound terrible i'll be returning them that's just a reality but i think they're probably going to sound about the same and then you'll get some nice little other features with some temper sensing and, and other cool stuff and and uh, thread support and you know, a modern cpu and blah, 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 blah. so um for because like the original homepod they discontinued it, which sucked. They didn't give too much aftercare warranty support for people that were having ones that were breaking down. But on the software side, they have kept it pretty well maintained with features every single year, despite it not being a product in their lineup for two of those years. So uh, they've given it software care. I like the speed. I like that. I do like the product. Um, we're in that niche. I still don't know if it's this second generation is enough to start recommending to other people to buy, but I'm, I'll be happy uh, presuming it fits the brief that I've got in my head. So we will talk about the HomePod again when they arrive uh, at the beginning of February. Yeah, much much cheaper than Airp- uh, AirPods Max and much louder, I, I would yes. say. Yeah. And much more useful, I'd say. <laughs> I don't like carrying... I like AirPods that can fit in my pocket, not a whole bulky thing that I can't. Whereas the HomePods, they just sit there and they're good. So yeah, that is the HomePod surprise for January. Also this week, we are sponsored by ZocDoc. We've all been there, feeling unwell, and randomly googling online trying to find a cause for some symptoms that we've been having you just stumble down a rabbit hole of quote-unquote advice from so-called experts well there are better ways to get the answers that you want from trusted professionals not random people on the internet and that answer is zocdoc zocdoc helps you find expert doctors and medical professionals that specialize in the care that you need and zocdoc is the only free app that lets you find and book doctors who are patient reviewed take your insurance are available when you need them and treat almost every condition under the sun go to zocdoc.com happy hour to get the app and sign up for free 
you can book an appointment with a qualified doctor with ease. Find the right doctor in your neighborhood that meets your needs, takes your insurance and fits in with your schedule. Feel confident by reading the verified patient reviews. Then you can book an appointment in just a few taps and start feeling better faster using the free app that millions of users are relying on. And it's so convenient. So go to ZocDoc.com slash happy hour and download the ZocDoc app for free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. Many are available within 24 hours. Once again, that's ZocDoc.com slash happy hour. Spell Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash happy hour. Thanks to ZocDoc for sponsoring the show. All right, we've hit the big things, the MacBook Pro, the Mac Mini, the HomePod. Let's get into some news, starting with uh, Mark Gurman report about HomePod-ish stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so this HomePod is like, it's almost just like the last two years didn't happen. They've just squished the timeline down. It's like the, the HomePod's just still on sale, all right? That's kind of how I'm imagining. It's the second generation, but really it's just the first generation being sold again. Um, but uh, Mark still says that Apple has more ambitions for the smart home with a wider home strategy still in the works we've spoken about these um these products before right like the idea of a kind of like mini ipad that sits on this kind of arm that can be used as like a smart home hub and a you know home kit control center and then this kind of mythical combo device which combines like a home pod with an apple tv and a camera and some kind of like soundbar thing for the living room um originally german did a report about those which kind of quoted them as coming out this year uh, he basically says it's unlikely they've 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 faced delays they're unlikely to arrive this year maybe 2024 um and maybe the thing with the with the like the ipad and arm has maybe been scaled back to just like an ipad that can you know like a cheaper ipad tablet thing that can magnetically attach to the wall or something yeah that's, that's what i said it would happen yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the the robot arm thing sounded a bit out there for for an apple product i mean i boldly um, said it would never show up <laughs> Yeah, so it's nice that they're still working on this stuff. If they're going to do a mini, they bring back a bigger one. It feels like a natural transition to have a whole plethora, a whole lineup of smart home stuff from yeah. Apple, um, and getting a, a proper living room product because, like the 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 HomePod uh, stereo setup with an Apple TV is good, but it's a bit wonky, right? Like it'd be better if it was all in one. So, and a, a soundbar phone factor. It's some after-the-fact configuration in terms of these things weren't originally designed to, to actually work together. Uh, and then we made it work together after the fact. Uh, but if, Yeah, but even if, yeah. as a dummy, even like a pretty practical example of the fact that the, the Apple TV and the HomePods have to communicate wirelessly to relay the sound, right? Like, it, that feels a bit inefficient when there's a very common form factor for living room environments, like a soundbar that could do it all in one go. We've seen, you know... Um, like Roku has a soundbar equivalent. I think Amazon has one too. And so that feels like the kind of direction it would make sense for Apple to go in. When you look at this HomePod press release, they're like the third picture is just them connecting it to a TV. It's like there is an even better form factor you could do for a TV situation. So that's obviously still in development with a camera as well, which is kind of nice because say what you want about the Facebook portal, but the living room FaceTime idea is very compelling and it feels like Apple should have an answer there. So that kind of stuff is still in development. The home strategy in general has been very murky from Apple, I'd say. Like they support the, you know, they've been a big proponent of Matter and the open standards of the smart home stuff, which is great. But it ultimately comes down to the uh, the venues in which you can access that stuff, i.e., the products that control it. And Apple's lineup is not as fully featured as the Amazon ecosystem 
or the Google ecosystem just in terms of number of products available. And I think there's very clear arguments that there are more areas of a home that can be that need to be uh, met with a product than just a HomePod Mini and just a you know two ninety nine HomePod. Yeah, like other or, or, or even Sonos for that matter. So. Yeah. yeah, like the HomePods. The thing I'm really getting at here is like the smart speakers with a screen, like the smart displays, whatever category you want to call those, they are pretty popular. People have them. Like the Amazon Echo Show thing is pretty popular and yep. people like them. And Apple doesn't have a solution for that right now. So that's clearly something they're working on. But Yeah, I, I like really Parker Ordolani's name. He said it has to be called the HomePad. You know, the <laughs> HomePod, iPad combo. I, I like that a lot. Yeah, that's a good name. Yeah. Um, also, this week, Apple uh, iOS 16.3 went to release Candidate, and one of the features in that is about um, the Unity wallpaper. So Apple is celebrating Black History Month again. They've got a new Apple Watch face, uh, Unity lights. They've got some you know, normal wallpapers and some collaborations with the content apps like they normally do. But the most interesting thing for me was that they've added a new unity wallpaper to ios so for on the iphone this is the first wallpaper they've added since ios 16 came out um that actually takes advantage of the dynamic features right because that isn't tied to like a specific hardware device um so this is unity watch face and it's actually they had one unity one before this is like a different variant and it's actually really cool so like it like in the always on mode it's just like an outline uh, of some shapes in black and white and then when you raise the phone they like fill in with colors so if you're looking for a new wallpaper to try this is a nice one um from apple directly and it just shows kind of like the the the, uh, the expanse of design space that people could do if they end up making like an apple watch like an apple watch store uh, a, an iphone wallpaper store kind of yeah. kind of experience oh, very cool and and then uh, uh i icloud uh, ada advanced data protection which launched in the u.s last year late last year and was promised to come to more countries uh over this year has come to more countries uh, as of yesterday yeah quite quite literally yeah. for they, they they staged it with a rollout in the us at the end of 2022 and now in january it's literally everywhere so with 16.3 every country in the world you can get icloud advanced data protection obviously it's still opt-in so you have to go into settings and turn it on if you want it uh, but it's there we there hasn't been any pushback from you know nations yet that may still happen like this I can is see the trigger countries. for that, right? It's yeah, this is on. the possible trigger for that. Like the US was a safe market, uh, but the EU and the UK have been discussing bans on end-to-end encryption stuff. They're like forcing companies to have backdoors. Nothing's been passed, but it's definitely being talked about. And then obviously you've got the China question, where it's like they kind of you they you kind of get the sense that they want this information. Uh, there's been all the speculation in the past about like. If iCloud data isn't encrypted, but it's stored inside of China, then that gives um, China closer access to it. But that was kind of all irrelevant because to get the data before, the Chinese government, just like the US government, all they had to do was send Apple a letter, you know, make a search warrant up, being like, we need information on this person for an investigation. And Apple would be forced to comply by law. So in the past, that was the release valve. The companies would just go direct to Apple, Apple provide the data. But now, if people start adopting iCloud advanced data protection en masse, that option will no longer be there. So it's going to cause some friction um, at some point. It's just when, I think, and who, which country will be the first to actually outright ban it. But at least right now, everyone can turn it on. So uh, if, you, if you've been waiting to do that, go and do it. I still want to uh, impress the idea that you should be careful. You should walk carefully. I think most people in the world 
do not need this level of protection for their data and they they value or you should value the availability of your data more like your precious photo library in my opinion uh an average person the safety fallback that apple can always get your photos back for you if you forget your password and lose access to your account is more significant than the risk of someone else getting access to your data which is what the internal encryption provides um so i don't turn this on but i'm happy that it's there for people that know what they're doing and want to use it because as we talked about when this feature was unveiled it it completes the the marketing messaging apple has around privacy right like they were the privacy first company and yet here they were without an option to back up your device that didn't share your data to anyone who needed it whereas now it's fully end-to-end encrypted so the option's there but just do tread carefully if you are thinking about this because you might remember your password now you might forget we had a story on 95 mac just this week about someone having their phone stolen and the person was like you know held up at gunpoint they got their they got their um, icloud password out of it they reset their account they lost access to their icloud account um like anything can happen that can leave you vulnerable and if you forget your if you lose access to your account and you don't have the recovery key um ready to go you're just in the iCloud Advanced Data Protection world, Apple can't help you. You're on your own. You're literally going to have to start from scratch, lose all of your photos from thousands and thousands of uh, uh, you know, uh, photos you've taken forever, unless you have other backups, right? So please tread carefully, but it's great that Apple offers this feature to people that do want it. Do you, are you, have you, are you used iCloud Advanced Data Protection, Zach, or not? I want to turn it on, but I'm taking care, as, as, as you recommend. Um, Mostly, I want to know. I want to have all my photos local, and then backed up, and then Somewhere backed else. up, and yeah. then backed up. Um, I want to know, like in my head, that these are the three or four locations where I can find those when something goes wrong, um, because I then I know I won't have the you know anything with iCloud backup to save me. Um, and so far, it's a it's a big project to get that many things organized, especially when you don't have built-in large hard drive so i've been doing a lot of data movement and everything but i'm getting there and i and i you know it may be two months from now but i i I do plan to turn it on um you know the you know not out of any particular concern but um i just like the idea of it and the idea of of having my hands on on the data and then not expecting it to be possible for anyone else to have their hands on it you know unless it's literally physically so yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Finally, this week, we are sponsored by Pillow. More and more studies are showing that getting a good night's sleep improves your health and well being in more ways than you can imagine. And Pillow is an all in one sleep tracking app to help you be more aware of your sleep patterns and discover what might be affecting your sleep quality. Pillow tracks and analyzes your sleep automatically, and you can check in with a full report of your sleep the next morning. If you have an Apple Watch, tracking your sleep with Pillow is as easy as wearing the Apple Watch to bed. If you don't, you can do it through the iPhone or iPad app. Just tap a button to start your sleep session. You can even record sounds of the night like sleep talking, apnea or other noises that might be affecting how you sleep. And use the Pillow app to check trends, get personalized insights and compare your sleep metrics with weight, steps, caffeine consumption and more. And use smart alarms to get woken up at the most optimal time, aiming to wake you up in the morning when you're in a stage of lightest sleep. And Pillow is privacy-minded, of course. All of your sleep and audio data is encrypted and stored on your device and in iCloud using end-to-end encryption. Pillow is free to download from the App Store with a set of features that you can use for free every day. And you can try Pillow's premium features with a seven-day trial. Just visit Pillow.app to get started. That's Pillow.app to get started. Thanks to Pillow for sponsoring 
the show. All right. Uh, one more piece of hardware bit uh, stuff for the <laughs> week. Uh, the Apple Reality Pro headset thing. <laughs> German's got some information, right? And and the information has some information. Wayne Ma, uh, few few things here. The goal of having VR first or mixed reality first, and then AR glasses to to follow is 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 not in the cards right now. And instead, it's that a cheaper version of the or more affordable version of the mixed reality headset would follow um, and, and be prioritized over over the kind of wow AR glasses thing. Yeah, this kind of I put this in the same kind of bucket as the Project Titan thing, where it's like Project Titan is going for a, a truly autonomous vehicle, and then it's like, well, now it comes crashing back down to reality, and they're just going to make an EV, right? Like the AR glasses for the quote 2025 2026 time frame always kind of felt in that same kind of vein and this latest reporting kind of backs it up so you know apple's still going to come out with apple rally pro this year sometime maybe with an unveiling in the spring um but it's going to be expensive it's going to be three thousand two thousand somewhere in that range thousands of dollars right out of the out of the sight and minds of most people um, in, including me, quite frankly. Uh, so what's Apple going to do in the interim after this product comes out? Are they going to just sit around with a really expensive product and nothing else? Well, no. So the 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 AR glasses, which are like the lightweight thing that everybody would love to have but are technologically infeasible, um, are, quote, indefinitely delayed from their you know supposed 2026 timeframe target. Um, and now what Apple's working on is a non-pro apple reality headset that will be you know vr ar mixed reality over the head headset that's big and bulky has a battery pack etc but it will be like a stripped down version of what the apple reality pro headset is uh, maybe with um less powerful chips lower resin low resolution displays maybe fewer sensors cheaper materials um etc um, and maybe not even yeah, yeah um um, and ideally to hit a price point that is around the price of an iphone is the is the quote from the information mm. so that obviously the iphone lineup ranges from the the, high, the iphone 14 ranges from what about like 1800 to uh 1200 base of the pro max and then you can max out the storage get to like 1600 but even at 1600 it's half the price of what we expect the reality pro headset will be so they that would be a way to cut the price down and maybe get it more appealing to more people um but I, even even in that case Let's say they can make a $900 headset, right? In Not this year, but next year. Most of my criticisms of the market fit for the headset, the appeal, what you can do with it, how much it costs, still apply whether the headset's $900 or $3,000, right? Like the amount of extra people you get on board is not that many, but this is just one small step on the lily pad of the future, right? Of, a, of, a, of an AR future. The things that people really want, the things that are ultimately compelling to average people, unless there's some crazy thing out of the blue that Apple's been hiding, but it doesn't seem like it, right? Um, for all intents and purposes, from what I can see, the things that people are really going to jump on the bandwagon for are things that can't be made yet. They're, they are the lightweight glasses, things that last all day and you can wear them all day long and be as useful or more useful than Apple Watch and eventually replace the phone. A headset that, you know, needs charging every two hours is is never going to be like that whether it costs three thousand or nine hundred dollars so it's a nice improvement it brings apple you know closer to the pricing of other competing ar vr headsets from other companies uh, but i don't think that's the thing that will make the category explode in popularity that's still a long-term vision 
and the idea that this thing will be tethered to a battery in your pocket for power in general is, has been uh, echoed by Mark Gurman first by first by Wayne Mott information, then by Mark Gurman of Bloomberg. Um, and so that that seems like okay, they're they're doing that, they're going with that. It makes sense for the. It doesn't make sense in the like the elegance of the product, but if you think of the practicalities of the product, like this is. I feel like this whole episode has been like you know theoretical versus reality and in the real world batteries are heavy and to make a, a, a headset be comfortable taking out the battery is a really good way to make it feel a lot more comfortable a lot lighter a lot more ergonomically viable it doesn't look as good and it's kind of annoying that you have this kind of like you know accessory battery pack all along the all along the time but the current that just kind of i feel like it just kind of epitomizes the current state of the technology right like an all-in-one integrated little lightweight pair of glasses is so far away when what Apple's going to ship is a big headset that also has to have a separate battery bank. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, I, iPhone 12 mini and 13 mini already require a battery pack and the cable <laughs> to operate. So uh, not not a big change there. Apple TV Plus. Uh, yes. Uh, what I know so far is this, that um, the Apple TV Plus Twitter account tweeted out a photo of... The ca- uh, of three cast members in Ted Lasso season three gave no new information and said it's coming out in the spring. So that that's the the headliner right there. What, what else do you have? And and, and the cast members were Jason Sudeikis, um, Nate the Nate. Uh, I can't remember the the guy Nate, who plays Nate, Nate the Great. Nate the Great and and then the the, the ex husband. The ex husband, i.e. the the owner, like Nate the Great now is the spoiler alert yeah. is the coach for the ex husband's team. Um, and they're obviously facing off against AFC Richmond and Lasso's team, which is what they set up. And uh, at the end of last season, the first picture shows that happening. And shocker, it's coming in the spring. <laughs> they uh, they didn't give it a firm date. Uh, but if you're saying spring, you're presuming Apple likes Emmys. Because, I mean, who wouldn't? everything they've done to date shows that they like Emmys. And this year, there's actually a wrinkle in the fact that to qualify for Emmys, all episodes have to be out airing before May 31st. So in previous years of the award season, you could release like two episodes before that May 31st deadline and still qualify the whole season for awards. And because they would say, well, you released all the episodes in screeners for critics to look at, therefore it's mm. fine. But this year, the, the the rules have changed. So all episodes have to be viewable to the public by that cutoff date. And so if you're working on a, you know, Apple normally releases one episode a week for episodes to come out by May the 31st, it's going to have to come out in like March. <laughs> Did you see what I mean? Like, yeah. so basically it's probably coming out in March uh, and Apple's going to, you know, gun for those Emmys. And so they, I don't know why they didn't give a specific date today, but they didn't. But basically it'll be out in March or April. Uh, so that's Ted Lasso. Um, they also announced a load of other stuff because it was the Winter Television Critics Association press tour. So they and that's the place where Apple's presented the last uh, three years in a row now, where they kind of show not all of their lineup for the spring, but stuff they think that critics are really going to gel to. And so they showed off teasers and trailers for uh, a load of shows, including Shrinking, which is a comedy from uh, Bill Lawrence and Brett Goldstein from Ted Lasso. You know, Roy. Um, he's a writer so he wrote this series shrinking stars jason siegel and harrison ford so big names there mm-hmm. in a comedy series and that starts next week actually so reviews for a bit about soon but uh from what people have been saying apparently it's pretty good 
Uh, then they also had a drama, Hello Tomorrow, which is like retro future Billy Crudup from the morning show. Love it. Um, running, headlining a series. Space, uh, retro, Billy Yeah, Crudup. space, retro. Like he's kind of selling timeshares on the moon. And mm-hmm. I'm sure there's some kind of sinister undertone there. It kind of looks cool. Um, that comes out in February. There's a Reluctant Traveller docuseries starring Eugene Levy. So he kind of like, he's from um, uh, Shit's Creek, that TV show. And some other places. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Um, and so uh, Eugene Levy is like going to all different countries and having fun. It kind of reminds me of The World According to uh, Jeff Goldblum, which is a Disney show. I don't know if you saw that, but that kind of vibe. Um, so that looks fun. Uh, Extrapolations is Apple's like big budget take on a drama for climate change. And the cost is for that is like ridiculous. Like everyone you can think of, Meryl Streep, Sienna Miller, um, anyone, you know, anyone under the sun, um, Kit Harrington from Game of Thrones. So there's like a cast list 30 deep of crazy stars for that. So that's come out in March too. And as I was talking about the... Um, deadlines for awards another thing that's coming out is the last thing he told me which stars jennifer garner limited series and that so that conveniently comes out on april the 14th it's seven episodes long and it ends on may the 31st uh to qualify for awards season so you can kind of look at this slate and look at the dates and like everything is coming in before may 31st that they that they really care about so uh, if you want to obviously it's a bit pointless talking about tv shows on uh without if when it's a visual medium so go and look at the trades and stuff if you like it but i think it's a pretty solid lineup the two biggest shows that i'm interested in though weren't shown at this press event like uh, they were included in the sizzle reel for the winter that apple brought out in like december and that is wall which is a sci-fi show and masters of the air which is the sequel follow-up to band of brothers and the pacific um they are supposedly dated for like a spring time frame so they might come out anyway but uh, just because they didn't come up in the TSA, TCA briefing doesn't mean they're not happening. Uh, gotcha. But yeah. 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 I, I watched the trailer for Hello Tomorrow and I didn't know anything about the show. Uh, and I really enjoyed the trailer. And, uh, yeah, it I looked did, interesting. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, I put it on the calendar now. I actually care about this. So that's that's something. Um, Do we mention uh, Stern Schuscher? Oh, yes. Yes. So last week we spoke about um, Stern, you know, surprise departure. Uh, he's leaving Apple at the end of the month. He was the head of services. And there were some rumors that Apple was kind of shaking up the services division with new leadership. And they were going to split into like three groups, uh, taking over different things. And the Business Insider followed up with a new report that says, indeed, Oliver Schuster, who is the current um, vice president of Apple Music, will be taking over responsibility of Apple TV Plus in one division. Uh, Robert Kondrick, who is Apple Services Product Design, will be having another division of the services group, and then there'll be a third group, which is currently un, uh, unknown who's be leading it. Uh, but they're, they're basically, they're taking the current service division, uh, which was all under um, Peter Stern, who then obviously reported to ADQ, and they're kind of slicing and dicing up it more, because the services division has grown dramatically over the time, so it was kind of getting too big for its boots. And so they're breaking it down. But what I care about the most is who's taking over the TV Plus stuff. And Schuster has been named as lead. I think he's done a pretty had a pretty good stewardship stewardship of Apple Music over the last few years. Um, and so I'm excited to see what he does for TV Plus. To clarify, this is like business strategy and kind of product features, so like the app situation and whether they're gonna, you know, w- w- the the distribution to other platforms. I presume the the, the call on like an Android app is kind of heads around this this person. The creative side is still led by those Sony execs, right? That they yeah. that they acquired Zach, um, Jamie Erlich and Zach Van Amberg. That's like the 
technically the worldwide video division that's what actually does the content for the service shusa takes over like the strat the, the product strategy business leadership for the the service so. yeah without looking it up is he a, was he a beats person or was he like he, he was an itunes person iTunes originally person. Okay. Yeah. yeah he did oh. like I, I think he started doing itunes for europe and then he slowly got more and more um, responsibility and he yeah. rolled in beats beats came under his purview yeah i believe in 2020 so like they he added beats to his roster of things that he's responsible for i, I want to mention one more story this this week i just could not believe this this is in uh headline siri pulled a flash alarm at the gym and caused 15 armed police officers to show up uh, this happened in australia so we have a lot of listeners in australia uh, we, we love all of you uh it happened on tuesday a, a trainer was instructing a class with one or two other people and his apple watch was was triggering a siri and uh which, which happens and you know when you're doing workouts and everything so uh, what was unusual here and sort of unique to the situation is that um a couple of things uh he was shouting one one like one one two as part of the workout instructions you know pretty common uh and so that got picked up when Siri was listening. And so the watch dialed 112, which is sort of like 911 in the U.S., emergency services. Um, and, and then that would have just been like maybe like a, you know, a blank call and they would have ignored it. But um, he was also saying, the fitness instructor was also saying like, good shot, nice shot, um, as people were, were, were doing the, the workout. And so they thought it was uh, involved gunshots, and so they sent fifteen officers out, armed officers, including like um, like a basically like a SWAT team, um, oh, expecting there to be an active shooter <laughs> at this address. And instead, you know, it, it, they they walk in and they're like, everyone. There's only three people there, and they're all very confused. And then the guy who had the watch had it happened to him. The officer said, "Look at your dialed numbers," and um, and then then he just sort of like turned into a brick because he was just mortified at what had happened <laughs> so that is uh, rough yeah unfortunate but not tragic in uh australia so be careful out there all right that is the happy hour podcast for this week if you enjoy the show and don't already follow please follow us in your podcast app you can subscribe for five dollars a month or fifty dollars per year uh support us directly and removes ads from the show you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at ApolloZach, A-P-O-L-L-O-Z-A-C. Benjamin, you're on Twitter at? Mayo. And you can also email us together at happyhour at 9to5mac.com. That's the show for the week. Bye, everybody. Bye.